Welcome to the Zero Ambitions podcast. Today we are covering the talks and keynotes from BestFest 2022. I'm joined by Jennifer Finn, the Managing Director of AC White, and my co-hosts Jeff Colley and Duncan Smith. Uh, Jennifer, thank you for being on the podcast again today. Hi, thanks for having me. It's great to, to have you again, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so you were on one of the panels and you were discussing the support landscape which exists to stimulate growth. Yeah. I think the first question I'd like to ask you is, or we would like to ask you is what were the key takeaways? The session was was pitched as be connected. Um, so I think for it, all, any and all of the sessions and audience, I think that was a really important factor and something that we all have to take away. Um, I think Best did an incredible job of getting a diverse group of people, a huge group of people, 400 people within that room. And I think the more that we connect and share and build on what we're already doing, that's the thing that's that's really going to make the difference. Um, I mean, within our session, it was focused on the the kind of funding aspect and how how to start to kind of unlock that and and the opportunities that exist with the likes of the Scottish National Investment Bank. So I think raising the awareness of these types of initiatives and how how businesses can navigate that funding landscape. Are you talking funding for retrofit specifically, or for new for anything to do with sustainable building? We operate within the retrofit space, so I selfishly always talk about retrofit. <laughs> <laughs> but also when you when you put it within that next zero context, it's ninety-five percent of the problem. So yeah. it's right. And yeah. and we were in yeah. a building that's 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 geared towards retrofit. That's that's the focus. So mm. um it's that, but it's it's about I think creating the right environment to encourage the types of approaches, planning, innovation that's going to be required within that that retrofit space. So the project is one thing, but it's everything that sits around that to make it a real success. How do you encourage contractors and designers and so on to to be generous and open? We're talking about connection and mm-hmm. collaborating. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, a lot of the time I, I find if we're looking on a, a bigger project, occasionally you'll find, a, for instance, a contractor who feels like They've got this amazing IP that they've unlocked mm-hmm. uh, through through finding a particular solution. Now, mm-hmm. usually, I, I will find that it's it's not actually that novel, and you know, there's lots of other similarly good project yep. approaches that we write about. But yeah, is that a challenge for for a contractor to think to be to be able to be open and to be willing to be, to, to to share your your secret sauce for why mm-hmm. why you're why you're being successful? You know, why you've got yeah. an approach that works. I think there's probably two sides to that. I mean, within you know, it's a tough old market place in the, in the contracting world and it's at times it feels like a bit of a dog fight if mm-hmm. I'm honest um, so I think when that's the history and almost the culture of the the industry that that many have existed within and it's been it, that's not the industry that's created that that's lots of factors that have created that I think it's then very difficult to expect people to operate in a different way when you have forced them to cut mm-hmm. things back to the bone and fight for every single job that they're getting. So I think there needs to be a whole shift away from yeah. that mentality. Um, what we know going forward is that there is so much opportunity within this space. So there's plenty of work for all of us and 10 times over. So hopefully that will start to lessen. But it, for me, a lot of it is about how we procure, how we have these conversations and who we involve at what stage in the process. Can I ask a question that might not be strictly what we what we discussed just before we, we, we started, but that's interesting. Because quite often we ask the, the contractors how are, what is it they are doing, how should they change all the things that the contractors need to do to deliver um, better retrofit, more sustainable retrofit, economy scale. What should the client side be doing? Because mm-hmm. I suppose that's something that 
yeah. you're really interested in yeah, yourself. Yeah. We're, we're placing the emphasis on you. Mm. But I guess if, if, if you could push that question back and say, from a client perspective, what should clients be asking for? How should clients yeah. be procuring business? And what, what what's, you know, yeah. what's, there's two sides to the success of retrofit. Yeah. There's contracting client. Yeah. What would you see on the other side as being, you know, the, the, the aims and ambitions of the client? So a good start point is really articulating what they're looking for from the contract. I don't think that's done enough. Mm. And just as an example, you know, everyone talks about community benefits and job creation and how important that is. And we, you know, whenever we're going for a tender, you know, we trawl the the authority's website and we look mm. for what, what are their values and what, are, what is their mission and what's really important to them. But I have never, I've never seen a tender that has valued our Skills Academy over any other community benefit suggestion that we've made. So I think it's about being really clear about yeah. is that strategy that's been pitched at, at the kind of, you know, the highest level in the authority really trickling down through all the, the levels? Do they understand that? That's such a good point because what you're talking about is the difference between values and mission at a chief exec at a political level of mm. organisation and does that actually yeah. translate into the nuts and bolts and mechanics further down the line Absolutely. I think there's a massive question mark I mean, that's everything a, has to support it yeah. you know it, it, values don't exist in isolation you can't just yeah. tell people this is how we want you to behave yeah. everything has to support that yeah. um, the other thing sorry that, that just came back to me is you know generally innovation exists to solve a problem I don't think there's enough communication on what the local authority's problem is to give the industry the opportunity to rise to that challenge and create that innovation and, and try and differentiate themselves. I think there's, you know, it's almost keep the contractor in their box, just get them to do the thing that they do. And we're really not tapping into all of the experience that has been built up over decades of doing these, this type of work. Could it be also that there's a, a bit of a lack of common vocabulary in the industry? Mm-hmm. As we say, that we're not actually communicating the right thing. So yeah. we're, we're briefing in something, but actually we're giving the wrong brief. So I'm the one briefing to, yeah. to contract to say, I want this. And then they come back with something completely different. And mm-hmm. I'm going to blame the contractor for not understanding when I was the one giving the wrong brief. Yeah. So maybe that's it as well. It's yeah. a yeah. need for common language, common yeah. vocabulary that everyone understands. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. Because if we understood... Um, I've actually got my colleague Lorna here with me today and part of her job is to understand what that client problem is Mm -hmm. to bring that back for us then to develop the solution to then address that but it you know it it works with some clients better than others it depends how open they are with us as well about you know really what they're looking for and and not just now but in the future because of course these time these things take time to build but it needs um, to be caught before they go to tender really doesn't it so that they can write yeah. write it in a way that uh, that, yeah. that they're able to award the project Absolutely, to the people who yeah. have the best quality and you know an example of that we so we did quite a lot of work you know in the really early days when PAS 2035 was initially being spoke about and knew it was coming and then the you know the guidance was published we spent that time really getting up to speed on what that looked like and where the potential pitfalls would be and how is a client going to procure that, what issues could then arise. And we held workshops where we brought clients in and we kind of, from our perspective, just kind of put across, well, this is what it means. These are the different stages. These are who, who you need involved. And this is, you know, some of the things that you probably need to consider from your side. They went down really well and, and you know, it was it was really welcomed. We, we, we ran a series of them. But we've just had completed and had the, had the results on two tenders. One of them was to be done to pass 2035. The other one was 
it was kind of fluffy wording mm. of of you know it was like kind of in line with Palace yeah. 2035. It wasn't actually uh, uh-huh, yeah, it yeah. was it was kind of a bit woolly. We came second in both of those instances, and we were forty percent away on price from the winning bidder. Wow. And part of what we were trying to kind of explain to our clients in the first instance is if you don't get the procurement right around past 2035 mm. you can't compare apples with apples so what you're ultimately getting yeah. how do you have certainty of is that what you actually want and how do you then enforce that or ensure that it's delivered at a site level so they'll get a bad job and then the contractor has to argue that it was it's past 2035 ish as we said it would be and it will be a fight the whole you know you talked earlier about that fight and that mentality you then have a situation where you've got your contractor and your client fighting throughout the whole project because the expectation from one and the other is not aligned yeah but this is interesting because this isn't really conducive for uh, you know from a stable business model that you need as a good contractor which you you are how do we then have a competitive market at the same time as certainty there's a kind of you know, balance of push and pull factor there as well. How do we give, you know, contractors that certainty of work so that they can plan and build and scale? At the same time as how do we how do we have um you know, a robust form of of, uh, of, of procurement that works? It's, I don't think I have the answer. <laughs> it's a question though that mm-hmm. I think for a lot of contracts that I see being issued and let kind it doesn't work for for me. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the client side things that I see being tendered but it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That must be quite frustrating for you because you're trying to bid mm-hmm. for work that you probably want to do yeah. enhanced and higher level than actually what's been asked for. Yeah, we have our own approach to tender and every business will have. If we if we work to pass twenty thirty five, then it's everything. You know, we, yeah. we include everything that we know is going to be required to meet that standard and deliver that job. But it's a risk and you're going into tenders having no idea yeah. of what you're going to be up against. Yeah. And that makes business planning extremely difficult. Yeah. That's really interesting because one of the observations I had when I was listening to the, uh, the talk was that it was heavily focused on the funding side to mm-hmm. stimulate growth. But actually what we're saying is that there are other aspects uh, mm-hmm. of Again, we, we talked about communication. Uh, I think just even understanding. There's a clearly a lack of understanding of the expectations of the value that we're that you're providing as well. Mm-hmm. So stimulating growth is actually something that comes from so many different aspects. Yeah, yeah. It feels like with the, from a procurement perspective, you kind of need to try and invert it and create a situation where the contractors are incentivized to kind of try and outdo each other on quality and sustainability. And like, you know, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's again back to how, how we, we talk, we've talk, had this conversation on the podcast and we've talked about it individually and collectively about cost and value and how you start how you start to um, look at the value of thing across different sectors or health, you know, society and so on. So there's a bigger, it's probably not for this particular podcast, but there's a bigger question about how you then start to score things on a wider remit than probably what you've been asked just now. Passive housing, I think, returns a 42% less likelihood of hospital admission through to internal environment, air quality and so on. How do you factor that in? That's the the interesting point to tenders. I don't know. Yeah, neither do I. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose we've touched upon it already, but it'd be really interesting maybe to have your perspective on in terms of the most, so the question is, is where do the biggest challenges to stimulating growth lie? I think, I know you don't want to just talk about funding, but I feel like I have to start there (laughs) because it really is at the heart of everything, particularly now. I mean, even in normal times, the margins that we work to within our sector are, you know, they're single figure, they're, they're super tight. Now they are tighter than ever. So even 
fathoming how you would start to finance growth and scalability. It's your, it's your, it's your first challenge. So until you overcome that, none of the rest is, is even almost worth a conversation. So, and, and I think that, you know, navigating the funding space, and I've heard this from lots of different businesses, lots of different sectors, it's really challenging. And yeah, often we hear about there's this amount of million and da da da, but actually getting to that and meeting the eligibility criteria has been really difficult. And in the five years that we've been running the Skills Academy, we've had no additional support to our business by way of funding because we've never quite met the criteria because it is a different way of doing things. So then how do you invest in innovation if there isn't anything so there, there more, more to directly? More understanding, more flexibility from the, from the, Definitely from the more flexibility. perspective. Yeah. You know? yeah. I should say, just to, that it's fascinating, but, um, there was a scheme in Ireland a couple of years ago, um, a pilot scheme, which is interesting in the sense that the energy uh, authority, the Sustainable Energy Authority of, of Ireland, normally issue grants for retrofit, partnered with the HSE, the Health Service Executive, mm-hmm. um, and uh, piloted a scheme called Warmth and Wellbeing, and they were targeting people with COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary mm-hmm. disease, and respiratory problems for retrofit specifically. So there, you know, that kind of collaboration uh, between different kind of bodies with, with mm-hmm. different concerns, I think, is a key element of it. You know? Yeah, and I mean, to pick that point up, whether it's private housing, social rented housing, private rented housing, we're still talking about housing. I suppose the question is, how do we start to talk about housing in the context of the environment, the economy, the health service, society? There's probably mm-hmm. a a wider lens that we have to stand back and look through, I and mean, rather than how much does this cost? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because that cost and value argument, when you stand back and look at it from that broader lens, is really important. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and I almost feel I love the the donut economics thing. I almost yeah. feel like maybe maybe there's a donut or a something a housing donut. Yeah. A housing donut. Yeah. I feel like we need a housing donut yeah. to just right. to pull together all of these yeah. all of these aspects. So I have to touch up on a, a comment you made, which yeah. I thought was very good, obviously, uh, for, for very obvious reasons. As you said, everything is user experience. So I, had to, I had to ask, you know, what, is, what are your views? Like, why, why do you think that that's important? I think one of the things I did talk about was the people. And, it, and it's from my own experience, our experience of running a business. We can have great ideas or what we think are great ideas on things, but if we don't bring our colleagues on that journey, if we don't keep repeating the message of why we're doing things, then it will ultimately fail. And we know that and we've seen that. And then it just becomes about the change. And then people don't like that. When people stop talking about changes, change, that's when you've really won with it, when it just becomes normalised because they see the value and it just becomes evolution you know it just becomes part of running a business and change is, is scary uh, we, mm. we touched upon it as well on previous episodes today and yeah. it's clear that we it, it, there seems to be lots of solutions we're talking about great solutions out there so it seems like it could actually be easy but one of the things that keep coming back is that people are a bit naturally scared because changes yeah. you're you're coming out of the the normal routine what you know yeah. you might be afraid of being called out for being wrong, being yeah, your authority, yeah, yeah exactly. Your authority. Yeah. So actually, yeah. you're right, it's helping people understand that it's not. Yeah. Well, I think one thing that Dan and I say is that getting it wrong is part of the process, and I yeah. think it's really important to empower people to feel that they can make mistakes, it's not the end of the world. Definitely. And I think it's terrible that the way words become negative when they were never intended to be negative, and I think that's the case with change. People hear the word change and, yeah, and, yeah tense up, and, it, and it's a bad thing, but. You know, when does change become improvement? Actually, it's just improvement. It's just we're trying to make things better. And it's generally that uncertainty piece. So if we focus on that and, Mm -hmm. yeah, just educate and explain, 
Yeah. I think it's I think it's it is really important as well to let there's a lot of spoofing going on a lot of people who are you know hiding behind jargon and and, and so on and uh, you know none of us really know all of the answers you know um uh, I, I find you know questioning your own authority being open about uh, about the limits of your knowledge something that would, I'd love to see more of in the industry you know um, some of us, you know, it's making mistakes is part of the process. Some of us, some of us are better at it than others. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're getting towards the end here. So I have my my uh, standard question I have for everyone that yeah. uh, is here today is: Why is it important to have events like uh, Best Fest? What, in your view, why should we be doing this? To stay connected. So okay. bring it back to bring to it guess. back to the yeah, title yeah, of the what talk we're about to to stay connected because otherwise we will operate in silos mm-hmm. um, we got really good at that during Covid I think many of us and it, it takes effort and it takes hard work to communicate mm-hmm. and to constantly communicate it takes even even harder work so I think that for me is, is the important thing because none of us like you said Jeff can do this alone we don't have all the answers yeah, absolutely well I think uh, we, we're done then thank you very much uh, Jennifer, thank for you. coming on thank you, and, uh, yeah, thank thank you, you. Yeah, it's great. I'm sure we'll see you again yes thank you bye now